are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. you know about my first book, Burns to Blessing, and you hear me talk often of stories of blessings that truly began as deep, heart-wrenching pain. As you know, and I can assure you that what I share is not based on little trite positive platitudes, but rather on what the power of God can truly do. Today, I'm thrilled to share another such story with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today's guest is a survivor of a deep burden that she is now using to bless so many. And from what did she survive? Well, how about we let her talk of her amazing story as I welcome my friend, Kim Earhart. Good morning, Kim, and thank you so much for joining us this morning on Coffee. Thank you so much for having me. I just love having someone on here that has the same name as me. (laughs) Not confusing at all. (laughs) I know. Many times when I was posting on Facebook, they were confusing the two of us, and so... um, you know, you don't run into a lot of Kim, so it's nice to share Mm-mm. my name with you. <laughs> so, Kim, we met, we met uh, about a year ago, and I began hearing your story, and it was then that I just knew that I wanted to share your life with others because it is such a message of hope. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely. So, Kim, let's go back. Let me let's just um, introduce you a little bit to uh, our audience. But first, where are you calling in from? Where do you live? I live in Fayetteville, Georgia, right on the Peachtree City line. How long have you been there? We've been here is almost that, two that, years. Okay. And, and have you always lived in Georgia? I was. Born in Tampa, Florida, but I've lived in the Atlanta area from 1985 until 2014 when we went to Mississippi for six years, and then we've been back for two years. So all my family, at least my family's here. Oh, that's good. Okay, well, Kim, let's just get right into your story. Let's go back to, let's say, February 18th. What did your life look like then, two years ago, February 18th? Um, two years ago, February 18th, I was, um, I'm married to Chris Earhart. We've been married for 15 years, almost this October. Um, and we have five kids, uh, four boys and one girl ranging from ages almost 13 to almost five. So I was just in the daily grind. uh, Yeah. 
life and um, my husband traveled a lot and so we were just you know going through the motions and I started to not feel well um, a little bit like I was starting to look bloated um, and it was making me self-conscious but you know having had five kids um, I was I looked a few months pregnant but I thought it was just like my baby belly that it didn't go away because at the time my baby was only two so um, Mm -hmm. you know I just thought chalked it up to that for so long um, but I, you know, being 41 and having been pregnant five times, um, it just wasn't going away. So, um, it came, became more and more noticeable and I started to feel hard, but I would wake up in the mornings and it would be gone. Um, but by the evening times again, I'd be bloated and it started to feel kind of hard, which I know now is fluid buildup. Um, so in October of 2019, I had three good friends get to uh, find out that they were pregnant. And I was like, oh, my word, they're 42. Like, you know, maybe I'm pregnant again. So I took a test, and I was like, oh, my gosh, please don't let me be pregnant again. But um, in November, so it was negative, thankfully. (laughs) Then I went on a trip in November 2019 with my best friend to Nashville for her 40th birthday, and the symptoms that I was having at that point were just way more apparent, and they were starting to affect my daily life. I was like, besides being bloated, I was having incontinence problems, constipation problems, and then I started getting, like, tender across my whole abdomen. Um, I knew something wasn't right. So in January, I went to see my OBGYN, and uh, she did an ultrasound and confirmed that it has cysts on both sides of my ovaries. And the other symptoms we just kind of chalked up to, um, you know, pregnancy and all that. So um, she mm-hmm. said I needed to get a hysterectomy. So I started the process of going to get a hysterectomy, and I went to see a urogynecologist, and he confirmed that's what I needed. And at no point did it come up that I may have ovarian cancer or the signs and symptoms of ovarian cancer. It was not on anyone's radar. Um so I went home, kind of went on with my life for another two weeks, and I just wasn't feeling well. Um, so I decided to go see a family practitioner for a second opinion. And um, he basically, I didn't know if it was my gallbladder or my appendix. So I um, went to see him, and he gave me medicine for acid reflux. And he said, take this medicine, and if it doesn't work in two weeks, come back. We'll do a CT scan to rule out the scary stuff. But he said, I don't think that's good medicine right now. So I said, okay, well, it kind of does hurt when you push on my stomach. You know, are you sure that's not of concern? And he was like, no, it's fine. So um, I think he thought I was, like, constipated or something, which, anyway, I called him back three days later, and I was, like, laid up on the couch. And I was like, I need you to schedule that CT scan. So um, on February 19th when I went in for that scan. So um, February 9th, so you so you'd had these symptoms up before then, but you're still able to kind of go on with life. But mm-hmm. then on February 9th, February 19th is when you go in for your scan. Yeah, and I I knew, like I joked around with the girl, and she said, I'll tell you if I see anything, you know, maybe like your appendix or gallbladder. But when she did the scan, she didn't say anything. And I was like, you're starting to freak me out because you're not talking to me. And she was like, well, you have something gynecological going on, and you don't want me to read this. You want the doctor to read this. So I was like, okay. So she said I needed to drive to his office so he would go over it with me. 
so I knew it wasn't good. Um, I told Chris he was at work and he left to come meet me. And I specifically told him in a text, like, what if I have ovarian cancer? Because I had had cysts my whole life, but they were always not a big deal. So um, I went to the doctor's office and met him. And uh, while we waited on the doctor to come in to go over the results for me, the verse of John 14.1 was um, above the door. And it said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, John 14.1. So I literally clung to that verse with like everything in my being because I knew I was about to get bad news. But at the same time, like that verse is giving me so much peace that, that like God has a plan. So I just really hung on to that. Um, but I was so scared. And when he came in and said, you have cancer um, of a varying origin. And then he proceeds to tell me all the places that has spread. Um, I felt heat like radiate throughout my entire body. And I looked over at my husband and his eyes just closed. And I'll never forget the look on his face that day. Um, But I just kept saying, trust in God, trust in God. And telling myself that over and over. But I knew deep down in my soul that God was doing something with me. And I just didn't know what it was. I thought maybe we're not loving each other right or I don't know what it, what it is, but I know you're doing something. So, you know, here we go on this ride. And, um, every awful thought imaginable went through my head over the next few days. Would I get to see my kids grow up? How was I going to leave him with five kids and what hardships will they face? And the statistics for stage three C ovarian cancer are terrible. I mean, basically it tells me I had like a 39% chance of living five years. So it was very hard. Um, But again, like I just took it day by day and, you know, I had a a good support system to help me through it. Um, Mm. At that point, we were living in Mississippi in a small town called Madison. And being in a small town had its perks because I had friends in the medical community that were able to make phone calls and get me in with a GYN oncologist the next day. And within eight days, I was in my first chemo treatment um, of six. So two weeks after I started chemo, COVID hit, and the world started to shut down, and I was just terrified what was going to happen. If I got COVID, was it going to take me out? Or, um, you know, I wouldn't let my family be around anyone. We were totally quarantined um, because I had to stay on schedule to get those treatments to get the surgery that I needed to save my life. So um, at that point, since we were in Mississippi, all my family was here in Georgia, and I knew that in my heart that we needed to leave Mississippi and move back. So we started that process, and so that happened February 19th. My husband was looking for a new job. He got a new job offer on the same day I had my, my diagnosis. We put the house on the market. And from February 19th to April 10th, we were living in Georgia. I had had three treatments in the process. So we lived here April 10th and May 15th is when I was supposed to have my big surgery. Um, My mom was staying with us. She was with us for weeks and weeks. It ended up being six months total. She literally lived out of her suitcase, one change of clothes for six months and helped me with every single thing that you do for a mom of five kids in a household and cooking and cleaning. And I literally cannot tell you how much she means to me. I was very, very blessed for her. 
Um, but, you know, my surgery coming up was such a, a big surgery, um, and I couldn't have any visitors or anyone to go with me because of COVID. So um, when they took me in the wheelchair back to have my surgery, I just remember looking back at my husband thinking, I don't know if I'd ever see him again, which was really hard. So um, the surgery was called HIPEC, and it's like the mother of all surgeries. It's an incision from your breastbone to your pubic bone, and they pick the cancer out for eight hours. And they remove my appendix, my omentum, part of my peritoneum, which is a layer of fat that's a curtain to protect your, your, protect your abdominal organs. Mm-hmm. And then they do what they call like, so HIPEC is heated chemo. So while they have your abdomen open, they pour hot chemo. It's like 105 degrees in your abdomen. Mm-hmm. They close you back up and they shake you on the table for an hour and a half to bathe your organs in hot chemo. And then they rinse you out with saline and they open you back up and they, like, after they clean you, they sit you back up again. So then you go back in to ICU. And I was in the hospital for eight days. Um, It was really, really hard. Um, But I'm very thankful because I'm very blessed to be where I am right now. Um, And then after that surgery, once I healed a little bit, after six weeks, I had to start chemo again. So it was a wild ride. So where are you right now? I just celebrated my second year um, being cancer-free on February 19th. Um, And, you know, after you finish treatment, you have this overwhelming feeling of what do I do now? Now that Mm -hmm. I'm done, everything comes to a screeching halt, and you're trying to live with this new normal amongst a new city and COVID. Um, God just kind of put it on my heart that, I needed to do something with it, and I needed to make something that was not fun, fun, especially for my kids, and kind of involve them in that process. Right, but and we're going to get we're, we're, and we're going to get into that. Um, but right now, I want to go back, if it's okay with you, um, yeah, because you've just shared, shared so much with our audience, and I know there's so many questions. And by the way, uh, audience, if you do have a question, if you have a question. You are more than welcome to call in and ask. Um, the number is 347-324-5246. Press 1, and our executive director will meet you there in that virtual green room and alert me that you're on there. So if you have a question um, for Kim, it's 347-324-5246. Press 1. So, um, Kim, I want to go back, if it's okay. First, mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you for your courage. I, I I feel your courage, as I know our friends who are listening do. I, I feel how hard this is for you to go back and relive the hardest day of your life. And so I just thank you for that because it just gives so much hope to those who are waiting on that diagnosis or have the diagnosis or, you know, for anybody that fears that. Um, but you, you mentioned a couple of things that I'd like to talk about and. You know, you talked about when you looked over and you saw your husband. Has he since told you what what he was going through or what what was going on with him? Um, he's he has a hard time sharing emotions, but I knew. I mean, he started crying, and in the car, he mm-hmm. just told me like, "I can't lose you. 
I know how much you love those kids. And, um, you know, he proceeded to go on a 13-mile run afterward. Um, he just started running. It was like Forrest Gump, like just running. And, um, you know, he, he's been very strong through all of this, but I know there's a lot of pressure that comes with that, just, you know, being the one to hold down the fort and be the strong one. And so I'm very thankful for him. Absolutely. And then you talked about your mom. It, it sounds like you had immediate support right right from the beginning. Um, what did what did people do, Kim, that really helped you? Uh, I mean, what did they say? I mean, I'm sure they bought food and things. But what what did people yeah. do along this that really helped you? Um, I would get texts with scriptures um, pretty much every day, which was you know I would basically like. try to take myself out of the rabbit hole and put those thoughts in my head instead. Um, I was very blessed to have a friend who had gone through cancer recently and she was kind of like a mentor to me. Um, And then also just connecting me with other women who had had ovarian cancer. So I didn't feel so lonely. Um, My brother's an orthodontist here in Peachtree City and his office staff connected the dots on a patient that they had whose mother was just diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So they connected the two of us and Andrea called me and we were like instant friends and she prayed with me and she just was like my rock because we had, we walked through cancer together. I had had my chemo first and she had had her surgery first. So we were flip-flopped on our schedule. So it was huge to be able to share that with someone. So that's like Mm -hmm. on my heart to, to make other women have that because it's so important. Um, but also just helping with my kids. My, like I told you, my mom was there. She was there when I when it happened. When I, when I got diagnosed, my mom was in town visiting. And I knew that God knew who I needed to have in that moment. And, um, you know, people came and they helped with the kids. After we sort of opened up ourselves a little more during COVID, um, the first two months we didn't see anyone. We literally left our neighborhood and drove out did a air hug basically drive by goodbye party um that was really hard for all of us um you know the kids didn't have any closure and you know that's just what covid did to a lot of people oh yes Uh, absolutely and i can only imagine the fear that and trepidation you had once you know you you were diagnosed with this and then covid and Mm -hmm. there were so many loose ends about what was you know what what we were going to be able to do and that had to that was probably just terrifying to you let me ask you this how did you how did you tell the kids um most people probably would put a bow on it and have some plan in place but all I wanted in that moment was to see my family and my mom and I literally like told her and burst into tears and my mom was hysterical um she was just grabbing my arm saying I just can't lose you I just can't lose you not my baby not my baby you know and they saw it all and Mm -hmm. I don't know what that did to them but they're very strong kids and they've really walked through this with grace and um I'm just a very real parent and when they ask questions, hard questions, I'm just really real with them. So, you know, I feel like that opened the communications for them to talk about their fears. 
and to pray with us about things. So, um, yeah. So they knew right away. Mhm. Yeah, I, I think that you know, sometimes we can sugarcoat things too much, and I feel like that raw emotion just brought them right in to be able to uh, see right. the depth of what's going on, and so. Uh, and so then from then on, just like whenever they'd have questions, they'd just there was just open communication. You all would just talk about where you were and what yeah. was going on. I'm sure they questions. Yeah, and they know about, like, there's like an 80 to 90% chance it will come back. They, they know some of that, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but, um, you know, it just kind of helps them go through because this is real and real life and, not just one person goes through cancer, the whole family goes through cancer. Um, you know, so I just was tried to be as open with them as I could and tried to comfort some of that. And and they went through it at different different ways. Certain ones had more issues than others, you know, um, with anxiety and things like that. But I think losing my hair and looking different was probably the hardest part for them. And I just tried to involve them in that situation, and I let my daughter shave my head, and, um, you know, it was weird for them, but I had we had a photo shoot right before my hair fell out, and I gave them all a framed picture of me to put next to their bed, so when I went to surgery and everything, they would remember what I look like. Um, so I think that helped a lot, and there I would get pictures of the baby, like, sleeping with my photograph, like, on his pillow, and when I was in the hospital, and it was just really sweet. Oh, my gosh, you're just going to make me cry. That is so sweet. Um, and what a great idea to have that, though, to know that, you know, mommy's going to look different for a little bit, but she's going to be back, you know. And, right. Uh, what a, and I'm what still me. A great, yeah. Right. At, yes. Yes, still you. Did you have any, um, how did you, you know, I hear people talk about a lot how they bring humor into, were there any moments that, that how did you lighten this up at times for your for the I, kids or your family? You know, yeah. I had chemo brain really bad, and I was like a space cadet a lot. And so I laughed at myself and kind of made fun of myself for that because it's like a real thing like cognitive dysfunction from all that toxic medication and you know I would forget things and I would always say I'm going to forget a kid somewhere you know um because I just couldn't remember anything and I just I don't know that's just my personality I'm very open book and so I just talked about it but not everybody's like that and and I think it made some people feel uncomfortable to be around me because, you know, we were new here and everyone knew me as my brother's sister with cancer. And so a lot of people were very friendly with me, but I feel like they were nervous to like dig deeper and become like a friend to me. So I got really bad social anxiety in that whole thing. And I already had that, but it just got like heightened. And I feel like mm-hmm. I pulled away from being with people for that reason because I just didn't want to be like honed in on and be like, how are you feeling? It was very surface, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did, I'm very open and I just kind of tried to make light of it as much as I could and focus on, you know, the good things. Cause I do think a lot of blessings came out of it. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to talk about that. And after, after we take our break in just a minute, but let me ask you this, 
that that's very interesting there about how how you felt and how you you know perceived other people feeling. What what do you think mm-hmm. that they people could have done um, that would have made it more comfortable for you? I have I had a lot of friends who didn't share um, hard things in their lives because of my situation and um, waited until I was got the clear, you know, on my scans. And I just want people to know that I'm still me and I want to be the friend that I still was before, even if I'm going through something hard too. Like I can relate to people because of it. And I want them to feel like they can be vulnerable too and, and share um, their hard times, you know, and it doesn't put any weight on me to, you know, hear about stuff like that or to be praying for someone else. Like it helped, it gives me hope. And um, I think, you know, there were some friends here that were super genuine and um, we have a church small group and everybody was very genuine and knew exactly what was going on. I think it was just those other um, acquaintance friendships that people just didn't really know what to say um, right. that made me feel super anxious. Right. You know, and just and just knowing that, you know, I know we're going to get into so much more, but, you know, just n- knowing that is, is such a help to people because people just don't know what to say. Some people want to talk mm-hmm. about it. Some people – so, you know, just to get that perspective even helps us. Um, but I'm sure you, you do. People just to treat you like they always did, and not protect you or keep things from you. So, good, good yeah. information there. Yeah, you can feel so, when we're... someone doesn't want to share, you know. And I uh-huh. think that uh-huh. you can kind of read their body language if that helps anybody. Right, right. That's good. Well, again, Kim, I just want to thank you for your courage. I think that we're both fighting back tears with some of the things that you're talking about. But thank God, two years, cancer-free, that's mm-hmm. huge. And so celebrate that, and that is wonderful. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a 30-second break, and when we're going to come back. Audience, remember I told you that, you know, there's, there is a burden to the blessing story in this. And, again, that's not a trite little thing. That is, that is what God can do. And he can do it not only for Kim and and what she was facing, but with whatever you're facing today. You know, that's God's promises that he wants to, he can really bring purpose from the pain that we're feeling, no matter what it is. And so um, that's why I love sharing these stories, because they're they're stories of such hope. So after our 30-second break, we're going to be coming back and we're going to be talking about how Kim turned this around to really be able to help so many people. So we'll be right back. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host. Thank you for always meeting me right here to have what I hope is truly a conversation that does encourage 
and most importantly, equips you for whatever life is throwing at you. Life is not easy. In this world, we will have trials and tribulations, but God says, but take hope, for he has overcome it all. So thank you for joining me. Before we get back to today's guest, I'd like to remind you that the ministry in which I'm a part of, that God led me to uh, found a, a Almost 30 years ago, it's called Roses and Rainbows Ministries. Love for you to learn more about that. As a matter of fact, in just a little bit, we are beginning this. Uh, we are beginning in 2022 a tour across America, and it is going to be a celebration of friendship and really bringing that back to what is friendship. It is a ministry that's held within each and every one of us. So to find out about our tours across America and all the other things that we're doing, please go to www.rosesandrainbows.org or you can simply go to www.kimcrable.org. Either of those will lead you right into the many ways that the ministry uh, tries to serve those around us and more importantly to glorify God. So check us out. We'd love to have you be a part of anything and everything that we're doing. All right, well, let's get back to our incredible guest today, Kim Earhart, who you know now is a survivor of ovarian cancer, and what an incredible story. What courage, Kim, you have for coming on and sharing this, and I just I, I, I just thank you so much, and I know our audience does as well. And so we're going to start talking about what, you know, obviously you sat and thought about this and realized that there was something that you could pull from this that might be encouraging. And so you um, you founded a nonprofit. So tell us about that. And then, well, actually we have a caller. You want to take, let's take the caller first. You want to, um, and, sure. um, Kim, I think we have, um, yeah, we have a caller. So let's just go ahead and bring her on. I'm assuming okay. it's a her. It's caller 6379, caller 6379. Welcome to the coffee show. Hi, Kim. It's Andrea. Hey. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. Well, I just wanted hey, to call Anne. and just say how proud. All right, can you hear? Yes, we can hear. Go ahead. Oh, okay. It is working. I just want. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to call and just say how proud I am of Kim and. You know, she's going to be such a great inspiration to all those women or even men that have the opportunity to listen to this. And um, I'm just so proud of her. I'm, she's just an incredible human being. And what God is doing in and through her is just evident everywhere. And, yeah, I'm just proud of her and grateful to be her friend. And, and I just am thankful that you have given her the opportunity to share her story, too. I think that's um, a blessing in itself. Well, Andrew, sounds like you're a good friend of Kim's. Yeah, yeah, we've known each other um, since we were diagnosed. Oh, yeah, we are oh. good friends. Okay, so Kim, is this the is this the one you're talking about that you walked through the cancer together with? Yes, this is Andrea. She's my she is my rock. Oh. oh. Well, thanks for calling in. She's my rock. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like you all have really uh, walked this together. What has it meant to you two to have one another? It's meant so much. Um, 
I mean, ovarian cancer is a very lonely cancer, and it's because of statistic-wise, you know, there's less people diagnosed. Um, but it's such a hard one to go through. So having someone to go through that with was literally, I could not put a value on it. It was everything to me. Um, and, and her faith in God and how much she encourages me and keeps me grounded with, with God's word. And it really was invaluable. Like it was just everything to me. And Andrew, well, and I, I, I did all that, that statement. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. You know, God um, put us both in a place that neither one of us, you know, wanted to be in that club. And, you know, our ages are different. She's much younger than I am. But, you know, just for us coming together and how God orchestrated that, it, it, it's just been incredible. And like she had said earlier, you can't go through this on your own. And if you do, you know, I think, the mind is such a battlefield that, you know, the enemy can try to take, take us out just with our mindset. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, you have to have somebody to walk through. And who would have ever thought this is a way that we would meet one another through the orthodontist office. But God just, he just knew. And I'm just, I'm happy and grateful to um, be called her friend and to walk with her through this and, I really can't find a word to describe it, to be honest with you. It's priceless. Yeah, I think I think we've all felt that. Well, thank you so much for calling me, and this is special to, to meet you because it hurt it before. So thank you so much for calling me in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that was a special call. Man, you, you all have a bond. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so, okay, so tell me, you were thinking about what you had gotten through, what you are going through, and then you, what what happened, Kim? Did you start thinking about how you wanted to help other people going through this? How did, how did this organization begin? Um, it first about began, um, I felt God peace about, like, doing something with it, and I wanted more than anything to get my family and my kids involved in, like, our community. So I had this idea to do a tennis tournament in our neighborhood. And then I got a wild hair and I was like, let's have a color run. Color runs are fun. Um, So the kids will enjoy that. So that was kind of my initial thought. And my husband said, what's your goal? And I was like, I don't know. I don't like think like that a lot. So I was like, I don't know what my goal is. He's like, well, you need to have one. And I'm like, okay, so I hope we raise a couple thousand dollars and we have a hundred people come run. Um, and so I decided to call the event Hearts of Teal. It's a play on words because my last name is Earhart, so it's spelled H-A-R-T. And teal is the color of the ovarian cancer awareness ribbon. Um, so Hearts mm-hmm. of Teal was um, kind of formed in April or May of 2021. And um, my friend Andrea, who you just heard from, she's a fellow survivor, and she was like, super excited. And she said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be your right hand girl. And we're going to, you know, do this. So together we started making connections in the community and speaking at different places. If we were asked and I was cold calling um, different businesses and we ended up with um, almost 600 people at the race. Um, And we raised over $70,000. Oh, and I, 
I just couldn't believe it. And I just you, really couldn't believe it. What, uh, what, was and what, what was your, yeah, and what, what do you do with this? What are you doing with it? So I knew that this community needed it. Like nobody knows about ovarian cancer. So we decided to start mm-hmm. a nonprofit to spread awareness. Um, and the community had rallied around us. So there was a need for this, obviously. And we um, wanted to also connect with other women on this journey so that they didn't have to go through this alone. Um, uh-huh. Most women that you meet, they have no clue what the symptoms are of ovarian cancer. The doctors don't explain that. They, you know, you hear all about breast cancer, which is very important as well. But no one tells you about ovarian cancer. So at 41, when I was having all these symptoms, um, I chalk it up to having five kids. You know, I don't have any genetic mutations. Um, and I don't fit in the category for ovarian cancer at all. Most women are in their 60s. At 41, it wasn't on their, anyone's radar. So when my gynecologist found out, she said, Miss Earhart, you're just not the person. And I was like, but I am the person. You know, and, and women need to know about this, and they need to know what information that they will equip them to go. You know, like I didn't know to ask for a transvaginal ultrasound instead of a regular one because that won't detect it. And I didn't know that a pap smear doesn't detect ovarian cancer. And a CA-125 blood draw, didn't know what that was, so I never knew to ask for it, and it wasn't drawn. And that's not an, a definitive diagnostic, but... If they had checked mine, my it's supposed to be under 35. My CA-125 was 1,400. They would have known something was wrong. Okay, let's, let's stop. Yeah, let's stop here and let's talk about the symptoms. And then you've just listed two or three things that women should ask for. So let's let's get some raw information now, uh, and then we'll mm-hmm. get back to the heart. That's really important. But let's let's list the uh, symptoms that women should be watching for? Um, The main one I feel like a lot of people experience is bloating, um, changes in bowel um, or urine, mostly bowel constipation. Um, Those are my Mm -hmm. two main ones. Um, Frequent urination can be or uh, feeling full quickly or intermittent upset stomach. I didn't experience those as much, but the pelvic abdominal pain that came later was Having had cysts before, it didn't feel that same. It was tender mm-hmm. across my whole abdomen. So, um, you know, like I said, a transvaginal ultrasound is more of a, a better tool for a diagnostic um, CA-125 blood test or other tumor marker blood tests that they can do. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it was, I, it was news to me. So I feel like that is definitely valuable information. Okay, so the bloating, the constipation, the tenderness. The, well, okay, so okay, so I'm feeling that, or or I'm going in for my regular visit next week. What should I ask for beyond what would normally be given? That you just if mentioned? you're if you're feeling these symptoms, um, my suggestion is to write them down. Um, start journaling if they've been there for more than a week, two weeks, maybe if it's persistent. Write them down. And if they don't go away, then you might be on to something. Share it with your doctor. Uh But a lot of times Mm -hmm. they are going to explain it away because it's gastrointestinal kind of thing. So they may refer you. Um, You know, you have to be your own advocate and you have to push for some of these tests. 
And I think if insurance doesn't want to pay because you don't have family history or whatever it is, it's not, it's not expensive to get a CA-125. It's like $100 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, if I had known that, I would have just done it anyway. But um, just like when they ask you if you want to get, you know, your urine done, you have to pay $25 or whatever it is. Like that could be something that women know about. And they know, think they don't want it to be like a diagnostic because it leads to unnecessary surgery. But sometimes, you know, but it's at the same time for some people, it's a really good gauge of something going on. Right. So don't just settle. Keep pushing is what right. you're saying. Be Keep pushing. Right. Yes. No one knows Educate your, yourself. You're right. No one knows your body like you know your body, right? We know right. when it's off. And it doesn't mean that, it ha- that it's going to be ovarian cancer, but just keep pushing right. to find out what it truly is. You have to really right. face the fear of it to push through because it's really easy to go in and get it's all clear, and you go, okay, mm-hmm. and then you start dismissing because you hear the all clear. But sometimes you have to right. just go a little deeper. I the message in here today, yeah, and too. We had a friend's mom who came to our race, and she got the symptom cards, and she went home and was having a lot of these symptoms and she went to her doctor and sure enough, she found out she had uterine cancer, which similarly presents and she was stage one and she's doing wonderful. And it just kind of empowered me to keep, keep doing this. And even if we save one person, it's worth it. Um, yeah. So, well, Okay, so audience and friends who are listening, if you have any questions, you, you can surely ask. But there you go. There's a lot of information right there. And I think that's the reason that you wanted to begin this organization, this nonprofit Hearts of Teal, right, Kim? And I love the name. Yes. Hearts, H-M-R-T-S, which your kid's in, the whole family. And, of course, Teal mm-hmm. would represents the uh, ovarian cancer, so a beautiful name. You ended up with 600 people, over 70,000. Oh, my goodness. So so that must have really shown you right that you were right where God wanted you to be. So where, where have you yeah. gone from here? What doing with it? So um, we donated some of our money to um, other organizations that do some of the same things that we do. Um, like the Georgia mm-hmm. Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance and the uh, Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance, um, but you know we're we're also really ramping up our awareness and education in our community, and so um, providing support groups for women going through cancer or after, um, you know, in survivorship, and just kind of lead, relying on God to lead the way on on what the needs are. Um, but our next color run is coming up this year. So our second annual Hearts of Teal color run will take place July 9th, 2022 in Fayetteville. And we would love, um, you know, people from all over to join us, even if they can virtually, um, just to show support for ovarian cancer. But we've also done some other initiatives where we've helped give blessings, bags, and symptom cards to teachers in the area and last year we were able to reach 600 teachers, so we're hoping to grow and expand on that. Um, and then we did, like, fun teal socks for all the sports teams in, in the area that, you know, just expanding some of that and bringing it into the community, being able to walk around to the people watching the sports and giving them a card that says, these are the symptoms of ovarian cancer, and that's why th- these kids are wearing teal today, you know, just like they do with breast cancer, and I think that is really important. Um, and it was really fun for my kids to be involved in that. And like, you know, my daughter's cheer squad wore socks and teal bows and like, it was so fun for them. 
Um, well, of course but it we're is. Also- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, and we're also really excited to be partnering with other organizations and hospitals around the area to kind of help be in a, help people like have resources that they need for going through this. So, absolutely, Kim. What an incredible! I'm sitting here thinking I've got conferences in in your area next year, two or three. I'd love for you to come and just be, you know, be a part of that. Maybe set up a table. I mean, it's just uh, yeah, I'd love to really. Good, good thing. I'd love to partner with you on some of these things because, you know, what I do is spiritual, you know, it's spiritually led, but it goes into to the practical. And that's why I love sharing mm-hmm. stories like because, you know, you, you need anything we go through physically, we need that spiritual component to be able to hold on, which brings me back, you know, to that incredible scripture of John 14, 1, that God gave you before you even knew that you needed it. And so right. let me just ask you uh, before we end up this conversation about uh, before we go back to Hearts of Teal, let, let's go back and I want you to share some moments that maybe this scripture really that you, you, you really clung to this scripture. Give me an incident where you felt like this scripture maybe was all you had and how you held on to it to keep on going. Because there had um, to be besides, moments of just Yes, for sure. Um, I think that obviously during treatment and surgery in those scan moments, I feel that a lot. And I just have to tell myself, trust in God, trust in God over and over and over. As I go into the scanner, I I literally repeat that over and over to myself. Um, I think whenever we decided to do this, this big color run and I had committed to over like $10,000 worth of like expense stuff. And like, you know, before I had sponsorships and I was like, holy moly, like this is just a big step, you know, trust God, trust God, trust God. I just kept telling myself that, um, you know, throughout this journey. And even with stuff like what I'm doing right now, it's not my personality to do radio shows and speak. And I just feel like God's trying to grow me in that area. So I'm just really trying to lean on those words um, in everything that I do. Yeah. You know, it made me think when you were talking about that, uh, Kim, you know, through this, the last two years, what, what have you learned about God? Um, I think my biggest thing that I carry with me is just how much God never left my side and brought me through. And I think that every time I hear that, like bringing you through something, like that song Deliver that's out now by North Point Worship, it's like mm-hmm. talking about God's going to see you through. And I just really think that even when I felt so alone, like I knew that he was with me still. And that gave me a lot of strength and courage in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. If you could, if you knew your mom were listening right now, what would you say to her? I'm sure she's listening. And mom, I am so grateful for you. I am so grateful for the person that you've made me, the example that you are to me um, daily. She gives of herself 24-7, and I am so blessed to be your daughter, and I'm so thankful for everything that you've done for us. And what would you say to your kids? i just say keep on being you and keep on being those strong kids that you are and that no matter what happens, God's got you. 
and I just pray every day that they continue to seek God um, in their lives. And Kim, what would you say to your husband? I'm just very thankful for his support and putting up with me. Um, you know, I go down the rabbit hole sometimes mentally and I overshare how I'm feeling and he's just always the positive one and he doesn't try to fix it. He just listens to me and says like, yes, and agrees with me and, you know, kind of builds me back up. He gives me the confidence. He encourages me with hearts of heal to, to keep going. And I'm really appreciative of having that support and having the love and the caring um, husband that he is. Well, it sounds like God only gave you the scripture as you were going into it. He placed people like your family and Andrea and, you know, your your kids. It just seems like he just, he surrounded you with so much love to help you get through this. And, um, and that's a gift. But I also know that you had to be open and vulnerable to them to receive right. that gift. And um, right. I would... Uh, and so it 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 is a it is a hand holding journey in which you go through. Well, there are a lot of people that are going through this right now. What would you say to them? Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's scary to take the first step to reach out and connect, but do it. It will change your life. And we're here, Hearts of Teal. Andrew and I are here, and we want to make those connections with women. We want you to have somebody to talk to and go through this with. So please don't let yourself be alone, even in the dark moments. I think that, you know, reaching out and, like, branching out for this nonprofit or volunteering, like, took me out of that mental place that I was in, that dark place, and brought me back. And so I I want that for other people. I want other people to um, live their lives not giving in to this, even though some days it's like you just want to throw your hands in the air, you know, like, God's got you. I love that I love that and I love the fact that you're telling people don't go through it alone so many times we just want to you know crawl in our corner and it gets really dark but just having a friend just just having someone to talk to that's been through it it's it just offers so much hope so listener you know if you're out there and you haven't had your, uh, you know, you haven't had your checkups recently, you know, go in, take care of yourself. We talk about self-care all the time. That goes beyond just bubble baths and spa. It means going to the doctor and getting getting your examinations and being responsible for your health. The sooner you get it, the better you're going to be. And guess what? You may be worrying about nothing. You may go in and find out everything's, you know, completely okay. So for whatever it is, that you're dealing with today, whether it's a diagnosis, maybe it's a divorce, maybe it's depression, whatever it is, let Kim's story show you that we really can trust in God and that as we turn to him, he really is the one who can sustain us. So, Kim, I just want to thank you so much for joining us and being a part of this show. I want to go back to uh, finish up with the Hearts of Teal and I'd like for you to tell people how they can reach out to this if they want to be a part of the July 9th, uh, co- what is it, color run? run yeah, color run. What, what mm-hmm. call- the color run. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, or walk, you yeah. don't have to run. Oh, okay, there you go. Good information. <laughs> you know, how do, they, how do they find out more information? And what if they want to have you come speak or, you know, just hear your story, their organization or something? How out to you 
Um, you can find out more about Hearts of Teal on our website at www.heartsofteal.org. Um, and you can follow some of the links down there to um, c- contact us and find out more information and email us as well. Um, we would love to connect and share stories. I'm sorry, my dog is barking. Um, and then <laughs> someone coming to the door. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's how you would reach us, and, and we'd love for you to come out if, if you're interested in coming and um, participating in our race as a survivor or caregiver um, in honor of someone mm-hmm. or just for fun. Absolutely. And where will it be held? In Fayetteville at One Church at 2130 Red Wine Road in Fayetteville, Georgia, July 9th. We'll kick off at 830. We'll have a DJ and jumpy houses and some fun. So come out and and have some fun in the community. So it sounds like it is a family event. So come go out mm-hmm. and just enjoy the day. And yeah, I know kids, you do a lot of me. Kids welcome. Yes, absolutely. Well, Kim, thank you again so much for joining us. You have an incredible story. You know how my heart loves to take stories of of despair and show how God can divinely touch them and and how um, you know how He really can. With you know, He really can bring blessings from so many burdens that we face. What is so awesome mm-hmm. is that you've taken this and not only allow God to bless you, but you're blessing so many. And that is such an encouragement to all of our listeners today. So thank you, my friend, so much for thank joining you. us. And I just appreciate you. Please stay in touch. And I just pray Absolutely. blessings on you. Pray health. I know that God has got you in the palm of his hand, and you have a great work to do for many years ahead. And I want to well, you I too, friend. Yes. Thank you so much. And for our audience, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. You know, I just love what God can do in our lives. And so many times we we feel like we've hit rock bottom. But, you know, I found that it was at my rock bottom is where I've truly found my solid foundation of Christ. And that's why I wanted to ask Kim, what what did she learn about God? And I loved her answer, that he was faithful. He was always there. She never felt alone. And so, friends, for whatever you're going through, maybe maybe it's just a deep sadness. Maybe it's re- worry and fear because of, you know, the situation that our world is in. Maybe you're restless at night. Maybe the trepidation is just wearing you out. Whatever it is, God encourages each and every one of us to do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust him. Trust in God in whatever situation you're in. I pray today that you can do that, that you can rest and knowing that God has got you, just like Kim said. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me. I'll give you uh, any information that you need. It's Hearts of Teal. Go to their website. Meet me there on July 9th, 2022. Let's run this thing together. We're going to have so <laughs> much fun. I may be walking some, too. But we'll start out running. Yeah. <laughs> so for y'all, please meet me there in Fayetteville, Georgia. I plan on being there, and I hope that you will, too. Kim? Thank you again so much, sweet friend, and I'll see you soon, absolutely. okay? Thank you very much. Absolutely. See you in May. At your, absolutely. Um, see you on your tour. That's, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You'll be right there. And for friends, yep. the rest of you, thank you so much for joining me. And we'll see you next time right here on Coffee yep. with Kim. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrables.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrables.org.